0: Thanks for downloading this message from Devoted, the Christ Central Festival for all the family. Christ Central is part of New Frontiers, and our distinctives are made up of four priorities. Being friends enjoying God together, building churches empowered by word and spirit, advancing the kingdom, transforming the world, and reaching nations, making disciples. Devoted is just one event, but you can find out more about Christ Central and other training opportunities at ChristCentralChurches.org. For more about debated, please visit debatedevent.org. Thanks for listening. See you next time.
1: Welcome! <laughs> Woo! I was I was I was gonna wait till tomorrow for my shower, but I took a shower today, folks. I am feeling good. Uh, well done. We have one more night together. But uh, as we've been on this journey of uh, Parenting for Faith, who has been here at least one of the last two sessions? Raise your hand. All right, cool. Put your hands down. Who came just for today? Woo, welcome. Put your hands down. Excellent. If you're not sure what's happening, just whisper to somebody else and they'll fill you in. Uh, So same thing as we did last week. Um, Updates, updates. What's been going on? What's been going on? Tell me some stories. Oh, she's straight in. Uh, Could someone be a runner for me? Uh, What we like doing is just starting, because we've all been learning stuff, and so we thought, well, you know, in the midst of trying to feed everyone and make sure you find all the socks, Parenting for Faith is happening, so we like telling stories. Go for it. Wait, 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 we want to hear it all. Wait for it, be good?
2: Go. Today. oh, yeah, hello. (laughs) Um, I came yesterday, and I was sat on the end, not engaged at all, because I felt very sad, and very, oh, Yeah. So by the time I left, I felt much better. And then last night, um, I spoke to my two eldest ones, who were five and a half and seven and a half, about you know the desert island bit. And would you buy it, spend an hour or a day? Well, my eldest son said um, he'd like to spend an hour reading, and I said, "Oh, that's cool." Any reason? He went, "Because that's more important." And I thought, "I've got a lot of work to do. <laughs>
0: I've
2: got a lot of unwork to do." Um, and then my daughter said, "I'd like to spend a day," and I said, "Why?" She said, "Because it'd just be nice." And I thought, again, she's just giving me the right answer. And I said, do you, do you think God had played games with And Oh, yeah, yeah. So I thought maybe we're halfway there. So I just wanted to say thank you. It was brilliant. And how did you feel as a parent having that conversation? Well, I, I, I immediately went from there to there to go and get the books. I thought, I need, I need more. So I felt, I felt really chuffed that, A, they engaged in the conversation yeah. because quite often... I want to, and I don't know how to. Um, But then I realised how much they do engage, but in a way... So, for example, yesterday morning, they said, I just want the children to pray for the adults. My kids were like, no, I don't want anything to do with that. I'm thinking, no, this is really bad. But actually, they just do it in a different way. Great. So it was wonderful. Thank you so much. Well done. Go you.
1: Great. Jess. And then I see you back there. Okay, we're coming to you. Mm
3: -hmm. And so... Uh, my, I've got a daughter, and she kind of switches off when I say, let's do this about God. Um, but we went and got her a journal yesterday. Um, so I was like, this is where you can draw your pictures. If God gives you a picture, you can draw it in your journal. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And straight away, she's like, God's given me a picture. And she said um, that God had given a picture of an elephant washing itself. So I was like, oh, what, what do you think God's telling you through that? Um, she's like, I don't know. Um, but we were able to talk about, like, how God washes his love over us like the elephant washes itself with all the water and since then she's been the most engaged I've ever seen her like in worship she was dancing and she was singing and I've never seen her sing in church before and yes good
1: Woo! good job well done good job for trying new things and letting it look like the way it looks it's excellent oh yes Gemma go for it you're in charge Ooh, the mic roams wide.
3: Um, so with Emily, Jess's little girl, um, last night, I decided that I wanted to know the answer that you asked on the first night about bacon, whether God liked bacon. Yes. And I said, do you think you could ask Daddy God whether he likes bacon? And she gave me a funny look and was like, that's a really silly question. <laughs> and um, I said, she said, you ask him. So I did the chat and catch like daddy god do you like bacon and i felt like god said um i like what you like so i asked her whether that meant that god liked bacon and she went yes and then she said but i know what daddy god loves and i was like what does daddy god love emily and she just pointed at herself and smiled with a really smug
1: smile she's like
4: me <laughs> it's really good
1: I love these faith conversations. They don't always have to be the most important things in the world. They're just doing faith together. It's fun. Anyone else have some epic stories or fun stories? Yes? I love hearing these. My eyes just leak through the whole time, though, because I'm just like, I love this so much.
4: So I'd asked you about the devil on the first day and how to deal with that issue and um, in the meeting last night we were talking about giving God some space to kind of put things in our heads and he said God just gave me a warning which said the devil's back so obviously we kind of talked to it It was really useful to use those discernment tools and we we went through those and decided actually that wasn't from God and he said well if the devil's so weak and he doesn't affect us then why can I still hear him and I said well you can hear a fly buzzing around but it's it's weak and it's just annoying but it's okay so just like you said and we practiced like fly swatting it rather than the sword we practiced like fly swatting and that was really helpful and later on we I thought let's you know carry on and we I asked him that question about the board game, which board game would would God really like to to play with you? And he he kind of was really engaged, and he said, Chess, I don't know the rules. And I said, okay, why? And he said, well, because God and I would be sitting face-to-face and moving closer together.
1: (laughs) That's cool. What a good day. (laughs) What a good day. All right, I'm going to recover. All right. Well done keep having those conversations and seeing what happens and not being afraid of what happens next because god does brilliant things through you as parents and communities involved yay good job oh i would you want to hear all the stories next um right we'll talk about this though i'm um, We often find that it comes to a pinch point on Sunday morning, the Sunday morning battle. First, getting them to church. I don't want to go to church. Yes, we're going to church. I don't want to get in the car. We are going to go worship God. And then we get them in the car and we get to church. And then it's the oh, how long is this going to take? And some of your kids want to worship. Some of your kids don't want to worship. Some of your kids are like, I hate God. And you're like, please don't start screaming in the middle of worship. And in the midst of it, you're trying to to worship, please, Jesus! I just need you. And your kid—your kid's gone. And it, and Sunday morning can become this stress. But in the midst of all of that, we we love church, and we want our kids to love church and worship and be with Him and experience the Body. And today, we're going to talk about at church. What does it look like at church? And give you some tools so that you feel you can help your kids not only engage with church as an activity because that's not what it's about but how can they access God and be part of the body of Christ as part of your community so that's what we're going to talk about today um it is fraught with pitfalls if i force them to come to church will they hate church if i let them bring their ds will they completely space out what how do i do this and it's fraught and everybody tries a billion different things and we keep waiting for the magic miracle that will make it happen and i just want to tell you right now there is no magic miracle. And it will never look perfect the way that your fantasy is in your head. I'm just going to destroy all of your dreams right now. Whip that away! Because as long as we're going, I want it to look like this, then we're pursuing, we're pursuing a goal as opposed to parenting our kids in it. And our goal has got to change from, I want to show up and all four of my children are going to march in. They're all going to worship sweetly. Three of them will prophesy, and the other one will be busy leading worship, so it will be fine. And then we will all go, that was amazing, that was amazing. And then we all go away. I just want to say that, is that your experience of church every Sunday? No. So we've got to let that go for that being our children's experience of church every Sunday. Because sometimes we show up to church and are like, how many of you have ever worshiped like this? The sun comes up. I gotta remember that milk thing. I'm gonna write that down because we haven't done milk because it's work from morning. I want, oh, I forgot to do that. You know what? I'm just feeling spaced out. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna wait. And we, we get so disconnected. I have written entire stories in my head because I'm like, I hate the song. I hate this <laughs> song. Um, the song. That I could sing of your love forever. That song drives me up the wall. If that goes on, my brain's going, I hate the song. And then I'm like, I'm a bad person for hating this song. And then I'm gone. Uh, our kids experience that too. And so we've got to shift our vision. Because one day when we're in heaven, we will be shoulder to shoulder with our kids. Completely enraptured in the God of the whole universe. And that, that is what we're headed for. But in the meantime, we are all on our individual journeys of growing in our faith. And it will look different for all of us at different times and different seasons. And so what we're pursuing is the discipleship of our children to encounter God today and to grow in their understanding and engagement with church for a lifetime. But we're not trying to achieve the perfect morning. And once we can let go of that perfect morning, then we can begin to see the purpose in it all. Does that make sense? Okay, good. Okay, I, I need some affirmation. Does that make sense? Okay, because if it does not make sense, I need to know. Because I'm up for a no, and then I can help you. Okay, so um, there's this statistic that freaks me out. Um, 70%, 70% of 18 to 22-year-olds... Um, drop out of church when they leave home um, for at least for five years and I think there's something in our failing of helping our children and teens engage in the church body as a body that we're failing at so it doesn't mean they stop being Christians but there's something that they lose and um, and we want to really look at that and so for me I want to brainstorm when our children reach that point what do we want them to feel like know in that sort of feeling way about church tell me that they belong so we want them to know that they belong yep what else sorry they can be themselves and okay that they can be themselves and they're accepted as they are yeah yeah it's good they have purpose what else It's relevant. They're an important part of the whole. I love pens because they squeak. What? Anything else? That it's their family. That they love Jesus that they come there and encounter jesus good what else it's an adventure adventure and it's a safe place i heard good adventure safe place it's a place they can bring their friends to and and they're connected good my buzzword good connected and it's a place for friends yeah Sorry. Great. It's not just a Sunday. It's not just a Sunday or not just a building. Yep. There will be a bajillion more. But what I want to highlight to you is our vision for our kids in church is so much more than please let them sing the songs and stay in the right location. Our vision is so much bigger, but what we get trapped into is just trying to wrangle our kids to stay in the right place. And we aren't actually passing on our passion for this to our kids and making sure this happens. And so what I want to do today is talk about what are the, how do we get our eyes on this and then help disciple our kids in this because then we can talk about discipleship within that, I mean, discipline within that, but our framework is how are we, every Sunday, every time we encounter church, making sure that they feel that it is relevant and that they are accepted as they are. What are we actually parenting for in this? Okay? So, if you look at all of the scripture, and if you really want to, you can do a Bible study on it. I had to because I put it in a book. And... Um, If you look at all of it, and there's a lot about church, and there are five main things that church is for, and I'm going to skim over past these because none of our brains really want to do this. But the first one is it's a place to draw near to God whenever we are together. It's a place that we draw near to God. We all come together. It's a, a Church is about radically loving others and being radically loved. It's about spurring each other into action. It's about being the body of Christ. It's about pursuing and experiencing the works of the Spirit. And so often we go, this one! And we miss out the other ones. And the other ones are what holds it together. And so when we talk about it, do you remember we talked at the very beginning? Parenting for Faith is asking ourselves the question... What is the next step for my child spiritually and how can I help them take it? And when we look at church, the main question I want you to ask yourselves is what is the next step for my child spiritually about church and how can I help them take it? So we're busy trying to shoehorn our kids into singing those songs even though they can't read yet. <laughs> we're going to make them do it. We're going to, they're going to do it. They're going to stand still and do that when actually the next step for them spiritually is knowing that they're loved in community. And if if we think with God that the next step is for them to know that they're loved in community, then we can be like feel free to space out during worship. Absolutely fine. But what we're going to do is make sure we show up and we love others and are being loved by others because that's what we're going to work on in our understanding of church. And it can release us from trying to do church and can help us focus on what God is developing in the hearts of our children about church. Does that make sense? Okay. So I'm going to keep coming back to these, and I want to give you the main discipleship tool that I use so that you can teach this to anybody, and you can teach anything to any child, and we'll work it around. It's going to f- it feels a bit heady right now, but it's going to get practical really fast. For me, how to disciple anybody, but particularly children, I've worked with children for, I want to say, 12 years. And when I was writing the second book, I realized that everything can come down to six steps, which made me feel a lot less cool than I thought I was, Um, because evidently I'm not that complex. So this is how people, I think, disciple other people. They model it. They frame it. They equip someone to do it. They create opportunities for them to try opportunities. They um, create boundaries. And then they give feedback. Now that sounds really lame until you consider the plight of a football loving family. How many of you know a family who are crazy about football? You know, the ones where you're a bit concerned about them, like that sort of like, can you, yes, is that an excellence? We all know those people. Those people are not sitting around going, I I just want my child to love football, and I just don't know how to get them there. Uh, Football people disciple their children in loving football, and they do it through the discipleship model. It looks like this. Football people love football. Football. They're like, Wah! and they're singing songs like on the train. We've all been on the train. Blah, blah, blah. They're singing songs on the train. They go to the matches. They watch the stuff. They buy the annuals. They, they love football. They're not concerned about showing their love of football around their children. It's like it's ugly and it's
5: out there. They love
1: football. They're playing it all the time. It's out there. They love football. And then they frame it for their children. They go, this is why. Manchester United is the best team in the entire world. And this is why Nottingham is going to die in a
2: horrible,
1: horrible season of terribleness. And they explain it. And they, this, this player is brilliant. And this player is rubbish. And this is, this is everything you need to know. This is what the offside rule is. And this is when we scream at things. And these are all the songs you need to know. And they frame everything for their kids so that they learn why football is amazing. Then they equip their children. Have you ever seen those baby outfits? That like, is it necessary? No. Do they want it? Yes. This child is born in these colors and will die in these colors. And they have equipped these. So they send them to those football, Those football. you know, we have seen those games where they put three-year-olds in it and like the ball just rolls and then like 15 people run for it and then miss it. And they equip them to love football from the very beginning and play it and know about it. They create opportunities for them to know it. They sign them up for events and they take them to matches and let them stay up late for the, fi- the f- no, I said the finale. That is not the right word. Um, for the match, the end. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, not that person. Uh, but they create opportunities for them to engage with it. And they give them boundaries. If you support another team besides mine, That will either be the end of your life or our relationship. So choose carefully what happens. They give boundaries. And then they give feedback. And I don't mean like, let's sit down and talk about your development of uh, loving football. But the feedback of of the first time a child screams at the ref. And the parent's like, that is exactly right, yes. And that, that child goes, I am part of a community and I got it right. That feedback of relationship. Football people disciple their children in football. I am a Star Trek fan. Don't judge me. And my child has been discipled excellently. And why Voyager is the best Star Trek one experience whatsoever. And if he ever wants to stay up late, he'll look at me and go, you want to watch Voyager and cuddle? And I'm like, oh, go on then. (laughs) I know, it's sad. Sometimes we damage our children, and that's okay. Um... (laughs) Do you see how the model works? It's what we naturally do. What happens often spiritually, though, is we do this. I'm going to model it sometimes in front of you, and then I expect you to do it. And often that's what happens in church. We go to church because we go to church, and you will be in church. And then I'm going to get on with doing worship, and you're going to have to sit around and watch. And that's all we equip them for. And so they don't get discipled in it because we're not taking them around the circle. We're just giving them boundaries and showing them what it looks like. Does that make sense? So when we're talking about these five, we let go of making it look perfect every morning. And we say, God, what is the next step for each of my children? And how can I help them take it? And then we take it around the circle. And we say, you know what? If it is encountering and pursuing the Holy Spirit, if that's what's next for your kid, then it would look like this. Are you worshiping wholeheartedly in worship? Or are you wrangling and wrestling children? And if and we all i can't just say don't wrestle children but it may be that you go you walk up to another family a a single person and say look i'm trying to work on my 10 year old's encounter with god and i think he really needs to see me engage would you mind for the next five weeks just sitting in the pew next to me so that in case my three-year-old needs to tug on me you can take them for a walk so i can make sure that i'm worshiping in front of my kid would you mind doing that it's just creating space. And I will guarantee you, in every church I've ever worked in, there are grandparents and single people who are like, yes, I'll walk around with a three-year-old for you. Absolutely. There's community. It's just asking for it. So are you, are you worshiping wholeheartedly? And that doesn't mean are you spending the 30 minutes worshiping. It means do you, for a song, worship even for 30 seconds and then be like, I know I'm spending time with God right now. Yep, I'll be with you in a second. I'm spending time with God right now. And just moments, because children don't need to see 20 minutes of it. They need to see authenticness of it. We get fooled to think it's about time. It's not about time, it's about authenticness. So if it's about drawing near to God, are you modeling it in the way? If it's about loving, are you... Oh, I'll go on to that later. Um, the second thing, are you framing the value? Are you telling them? what drawing near to God is about. When I raise my hands, it's because it's like everything in my body wants to touch God. And that's, that's what I do with my hands. And um, if you ever want to do that, you can do that. And sometimes I put my hands on my heart because I just feel like I'm so small next to God. And that makes me feel happy. I close my eyes because I don't want to get distracted. I love this song because it's like truth that pushes all the untruth out of my brain. Are you talking to your kids about worship and what it's like for you and what it's like for other people? Or How are we framing it so they can come to worship and go, I know what this is. This is karaoke, essentially, um, where we mean the words in the same way that I mean the chasing cars words. You know, how many times, if I lay here, um, sometimes we mean it and we sing it passionately. It's the same thing. It is essentially karaoke that you mean, but in that meaning, God comes and meet with us. And so when you worship, it's not just about you singing at God, it's about God coming and kissing your heart, and your heart kissing God's heart. And it looks like this for me. If you ever wanted to do it, you absolutely can, and this is how. Um, Equipping them to do it. It's 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 talking through the songs the amount of times we sing songs in church that are like They can't read any of those words. And so sometimes we just go never mind But or we can sit down and go this song is about loving god, even though it's rubbish And so there's a lot of words, but you can just close your eyes and say god when it's rubbish. I love you That's what i'm doing and just give them a way of engaging with the song without having to read all the words Are we creating opportunities My son once asked, I really want to stay in for the rest of worship. Can I stay in? And everything in me was like, no, go to the kids group. But there was something in his passion for it that made me say, sure, fine, stay. Create opportunities for them to worship. Then, then it's boundaries. And the boundaries I have, which would be very different than maybe from yours, is this. We come to connect with God and worship. How you do that, totally up to you and i have equipped them to you can draw in worship you can sit down and read your bible you can sing the words you can close your eyes and just chat to god you can lay on the floor and soak in his presence you can sit and just read the words and let the words soak into your brain you can do any of those choices but the choice that you can't do is leave the room disconnect or play around that's my rules how do you want to engage with god today and i have the pack of stuff um now, your boundary may be different. Your boundary may be, we go to church every other week. Your boundary may be, yes, the DS, but half the time, and then the other half the time you need to worship God. It will ch- and it will change for every kid. So it doesn't matter what the boundaries are. What matters is that you have boundaries that are clear, that gives freedom within them for your child to choose. And so for a while my kid was really struggling with a 20-minute worship set So I said we come and connect with god for 10 minutes and then after 10 minutes my alarm will go off And then you can feel free to space out And go on the ipad because I wanted 10 minutes of quality versus 20 minutes of struggle And then he got past that and then we went to you have to connect with god the whole time But you can change things and it, it changes it's all seasons But what is net right for your kid in that boundaries and then feedback what was that like? What was God doing? How did you feel? What worked? What didn't work? I've noticed that you looked totally bored drawing. Was that something that connected you or did that not dis- did that disconnect you? And you become this sort of like it doesn't have to look perfect. Try something. See if it works. And then if not, Meh. we'll try something different next time. You could do that with anything. How to radically love people. If you're like it's love, it's not worship at all. Great. Are we showing up at the last minute and then leaving? What? at the very end or are you showing up and going people need to be loved here and so what we're going to do is we're going to show up and we're going to talk to people beforehand and talk to people after because there are people at this church who have never been hugged all week except for now and so we're going to look for the lost and the lonely Um, are you framing for what radical love looks like Um, whether it's sacrifice whether it's staying after you know when you start the talking afterwards and then children try to rip your clothing off or they're pulling you to get out um, so much of us are like, I'm talking. Uh, all you need to say is, this is our time for me to love people really well with the fullness of my heart, and it's going to take a little while. So I'm going to ask for your patience so that this person can have a stronger heart at the end of the day. And we can prep that. Um, equip them to do it. I, I tend to give kids three questions, right? Feel free to play after you ask three people who are sitting by themselves these questions. What was the worst part of your week? What was the best part of your week? And um, what did Daddy God do in your life? And I'll just give them three questions. And then my kid can feel free to play after he has met with people and connected with them and given them opportunities to be loved. Um, That was when we were in that season. We're no longer in that season. Um, Create opportunities for them to do it. Ask them to help. Ask them to find people who need help. Give them boundaries. Feel free to play after. We have done that. Or we're going to leave after a half hour. We're just going to give that sacrifice of our half hour to other people. And so I need you to not to not pull on me because I'm busy loving people and I know you're busy loving people. And then we'll find each other after a half hour and feedback. What was God doing? How do people feel loved? How do you feel loved? What? Look at the power of being loved. I used to do this all the time with my kids in my kids' ministry. I'd be like, would you mind bringing that person some coffee? Because they haven't had coffee. So this person will come over, bring some coffee. and then And then I'll be like, watch when you walk away and they're like okay so they would they and they'd walk away and they'd turn around they'd watch this person like smile and be like that's so great and i'd be like how did they feel and they were like they felt so loved i'm like totally well done and they learned that they can be powerful in the community of christ by serving people and that would bring love whatever it is whatever it is whether it's drawing near to God, radical love of others, spurring each other into action. Whether it's getting involved in serving and joining a team. And being that eight-year-old who puts out all the tables at the end of church. I was on the table takedown at the end of church. And I loved it because I was a strong, like strong girl. I did gymnastics. I used to love like, lift these tables up. And everyone would be like, wow. And I'm like, I'm so strong. And I whip those tables out. And I loved being part of that team. Um, a seven-year-old was in charge of our entire crush breakdown at the end of church. That was her job. She didn't let any of her friends play until they helped. And uh, she was the most proactive. She told you to do something, you did it. Because she would nag you every 30 seconds until you did that thing. And it was excellent. Um, whether it's pursuing and experiencing the body of Christ. What's next for your kid? And then just work on that. And let go of the rest. Let go of the rest. And that means also being graceful with each other's kids. If someone else's kid is working on the love and your kid's working on the worship, so often we can be like, that's not helping me. But it may mean that you need to move or change the way you do it. And just know that we are all trying to disciple our kids and we can help each other's kids. We can help each other's kids in this. You can be the person who needs help. You can be the person who holds a baby. How do we as a community disciple our children and loving the body of Christ? And the last sort of thing, I know we're speeding along, but the last thing, that I wanted to say before we get engaged and stuff is um, church is also happening at home. And so sometimes we think that it has to all be in the service, but actually this is all this stuff can be worked out in life groups. It can be worked out in just your home. If your kid is a servant or your kid is working on radical love for a church— It says, where two or three are gathered in your name, there am I in your midst. So how are you releasing your kid to be powerful in the body of Christ that is your family? How are you encountering God personally and just giving them space to be them at home as well as in community? Do you want to tell some stories of your journeys? Kate and Amy, are you up for that? Is that, I can't find Amy. There you are. Do you feel that that's right now? Kate can go first. Has been nominated. I just want to share what it looks like for for people at our church personally.
6: So we um, personally come on, on a massive journey of this. Um, I think our whole thinking was changed by God um, when we planted. So we planted the church six years ago. There was no children, and then suddenly there was a massive amount of young children, tiny children, and our thinking was really, uh, our thinking was a bit like well, we just need to entertain them and we're getting on with what we're doing we're getting on with what we're doing as a church we need to worship, we're doing this, and they're making a bit of a noise, so we'll take them out and we'll just entertain them, and then we were really challenged actually, about the importance of them as a body, and their role, and what they had to share together and so we just, we're on this massive journey and we see where God wants to take us and we see what it looks like, and it's so helpful to be reminded of what Rachel's saying because it doesn't look like exactly what she's saying like uh, my heart is that they come and they prophesy and everything else because that's what looks good <laughs> but actually it's about their hearts and that's what god has reminded us about it's about what our, what, what's going on in their hearts and so we've changed what we do and we've changed we've taken away we we're having toys to entertain them so we decided to take that away and we feel like there has been such um a journey. I don't know if I'm explaining it very well, but it's such mm-hmm. a journey that we've been on. And um, we are seeing the first fruits of, these, of, our, of our children um, encountering God and knowing his truth in their lives. And, um, and it this, this still feels like there's, there's loads more to go, but, um, but it feels like we're a body of Christ doing it together with our kids. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And Amy, what's it like as a parent of four? Three, so a well four mm-hmm. on the way. You have to carry the fourth, so I I count that as a... Um,
7: So we're in John and Kate's church. We have three children who
1: are... Do you mind moving over here? Here's your feedback. There you go.
7: Who are um, four. uh, One will be three in November, one and a half, and one on the way. So they're all very young. So basically it looks like chaos. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We have spent a lot of time trying to figure out what works for us and our family, and we are constantly changing what we do, so... We have to spend lots of time assessing where it works for us to sit in church. We can't sit near the snack table because we spend our whole time t- stopping the kids getting snacks or feeding them. Um, but for us, it's... Um, we, my husband and I want to have some time to worship at some point so that the kids can see it. And we would like... Laugh. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and we would like them to, um, we spend a lot of time trying to frame what is going on, because they're so young, that's about all they can do. At the minute, it looks like me sitting on a chair with my four-year-old on my knee, and we can talk things through while my husband tries to keep the other two from pulling everyone else out of worship. Um, other times, we've been able to worship with the, other t- the younger two in carriers, and we can both worship
1: with her. If you put it closer to your mouth, then you can turn it Okay,
7: along. thanks. Um, and we can both worship with her, sometimes it's praying over our kids but it's been a lot of trial and error and a lot of the times it looks mad or we just think this has been a total disaster and we get up and move to the other side of church halfway through worship because where we're standing is not working for our kids Um, but again it's a journey and we're just figuring out what works but it's alright that it looks like chaos a lot of the time, there are small things that we see happening quite often that is Um, we can see things being planted into our kids and they see that it's an important part of who we are as a family.
1: Yeah, it's great. And you never really know how it's happening. If you have a parent of an under five, my goal for my under five was I just want him to become familiar with the presence of God. That was all I wanted. And so we would just walk around in endless circles going, Ooh, I love you, God. I love you, God. And he would get he would get, I knew that he was experiencing the spirit when he got really huggy, like really freakishly drunky huggy. Um, he'd be like, I love you, man. And he'd start like hugging people. "Mm." And that was just it. And that was my whole goal. I wasn't trying to get him to sing or do actions to songs. My goal was for him to become familiar with the presence of God for three years. That was it. We don't have to have these massive ambitions for our kids. Our ambition is to do whatever God's asking us to do with a child at one time. I wanted to give loads of space for questions because we're all going, but that doesn't work in my church context. So, do you have questions? Do you have scenarios? Do you have concerns that I can help you think through about your kids in worship? What's frustrating you? What, what do you not have a next step on? Yes.
3: You when you talked about uh, boundaries in worship when you were saying I want you to engage for
1: 10 minutes and then you can yep. do them. Uh,
3: and you said, and you can engage and here's your pack. Yes. Uh, what's in your pack?
1: Um, whatever is working with my kid. <laughs> so uh, he, um, he was deaf for three years and so um for him words is really hard he's he's still struggling to catch up with the words and things like that so as much as i want him to sing because i'm a singer he just doesn't connect with god in that way so um i bring a bible because scripture is a way that god can speak i bring um pen and paper because who knows and my child hates craft but all of a sudden three months ago discovered prophetic art and and will produce maybe 15 pictures that he, not that he wants to share but just worship it with god and he'll do that and then tomorrow who knows he could hate art again um so i just have it just in case um i have some lined paper in case he wants to write prayers and um that's it right now because i don't have a big bag and i always forget it so i can always remember to shove that in a bag sometimes um but many times i just forget something and i whip out the back of a sheet somewhere and he's drawing on it um but those are the things that i know he likes bouncing between now Um, the other things I've said is do you want to just walk around and just see where God is and we'll just walk around at the back and he'll just see where God is and just follow where God is just to be near him. And so those are the options that work for him. Sometimes he'll go I don't want to do any of that and I'll say okay well let's think of three other options and then we brainstorm together what are three choices that he could use right now and which one does he want. Because one of those options is dancing frantically at the front. Does he want to do that? No, but it is a choice. I mean feel free if that's what you want to do right now. He'll never choose it, but it is a choice. and It just helps him own his responsibility of what it is. Um, and I also found with kids in worship is to give them the choice ahead of time. What happens is we get into church, and then we're like right? We need you to engage. And they're a bit like, Um, where now I sit and go, okay, we're going into church. How do you think you're going to want to connect with God today? And let's think about it. And you let me know your plan so that I don't bug you. And if you're struggling, if you, if I see you distracted, how do you want me to help you refocus? So that then my kid is like, right, I'm planning on doing this. And if I get distracted, feel free to go like this at me. And uh, I'll be like, fine. And you know, five minutes in, I'm like, and he's like no you're right you're absolutely right and he'll get back to it or he'll be like "Eh, i don't want to do it and then we go look buddy you got your choices this is what we've asked you to do and uh, so you can choose what are you going to choose and we just bring it back to that does that make sense yes it's coming in
2: what happens if that's what you're wanting to do but no other family in the church particularly wants to do that
1: yep uh how many of you feel like you would be in that position yep it's okay uh many of us experience that um what i tend to do is have that conversation beforehand and i say i know it it will look different for all these other people and it would be fantastic if you had a different parent but you got me so uh, this is what we are going to do but i know sometimes we sit in a place that's really unhelpful and so um you can be in charge of where we sit and so, therefore, um, I let my kid be in charge of where we sit in the room. That kid facilitates that family the best chance of being focused. Um, and and it is tough, but you know what? Life is full of not being able to be like other people and having different permissions than other people. And sometimes that's tough and incredibly frustrating. Um, but there's lots of choices. Just one of those isn't that. Sorry. Um, well, the, it's that's okay because we can only control ourselves. And so I, I, tell, I tell that to my kid. We can only control ourselves. You know, people, life will be full of watching other people do things that they get to do but you don't. But that's because that's who God has made us to be in this place. And it doesn't have anything to do with them. It has to do with us. And so how can I help you do us better? Yes.
3: Um, what happens if we're the only people bringing this pack and then
1: we become the creche as such, our family. I mean, yep. I don't think it would happen. What I tend to do is I bring extras because yeah, inevitably someone will, but I also am not responsible for your children. So so they'll be like, can I have a, pa- a, a piece of paper? Absolutely, here, take that back to your parent. Go ahead, off you go. And uh, I send them back. Uh, or I'll lean over and I'll be like, hey, our kid is drawing with God. Would you like to draw with God? And yeah. they're like, yes. And I'm like, all right, well, you just draw pictures of God and what he's thinking about and what you're thinking about. Here, go back to your parent and tell them what you're going to do. Because <laughs> uh, I'm not going to sit here and do it for you, but uh, I can give you a piece of paper. And also, um,
3: what if when you said about your son, you asked him, like, what do I do if you're getting distracted? Mm. And you do it. And then he says he doesn't actually want to. Do it. Yeah. Um, do you discipline for that, or do you? Um, well, do I you say just
1: accept that he wants to sit there and do nothing. Or well, because we have our ten minutes, and so I'll say, you know, feel free to connect for those ten minutes. If one of the choices is always sitting and looking bored, but it isn't connecting with something else. Okay. So you can ignore God if you want, but in my in my in my boundaries, which may be different than your boundaries, you mm-hmm. don't get to um, ic- disconnect from him. So feel free if you don't want to do any of that. Feel free to just sit and be in the presence of God sometimes I'm in a car with my mom and we don't talk to each other but it's just nice so feel free we just we find uh we find that we
3: spend a lot of time taking our kids out disciplining because they've hit each other or
1: done something like just to annoy each other yeah yeah so then you have then then it's a discipline issue not a connection issue yeah and so then it's how do you work with other people you come up with a plan um you can work which we need to separate them. Do you need to have them on different sides of the room? Or mm. you can go for sheer bribery. I have no problem with bribery whatsoever. Yeah, I, we end up bribing. We're we'll getting mean? this right. at the end of the service. And, and <laughs> as a children's pastor, this is what I do. If you want to go, children's pastor chips, these are drugs, ignore the drugs. Um, <laughs> but I'll go, I have brought my sweetie bag. And as I see you connecting and as I see you focused, um, then I will be giving you a sweetie every five minutes. I mean, if you want to bribe, I'm not not praising them for their performance. I'm not saying how well they're worshipping. I'm not saying for every prophetic drawing you'll get a sweetie. I'm saying as long as you are trying to connect, as long as you are focusing, then feel free. And sometimes that's a difficult one, and we can have a conversation about that. Do you also explain to them the benefits of connecting as to... that goes down to the framing stuff right okay so that's the thing and so if if they're struggling to focus then sometimes it's that they're bored or they haven't quite figured out how they want to focus yet so they have nothing else to do but mess with each other and so the main thing is have they framed it well so are you confident that they have seen you worship they know what it is to worship and how to do it they've been equipped and all the different choices, that they have opportunities to be in a space that they aren't being poked in the eyeballs, that they know the boundaries of how they're going to do it, and that you're giving them feedback and giving them opportunities to say, I tried it and that doesn't work. If you're feeling confident in that, mm. then, then it's sheer discipline. Sometimes, sometimes we just have to take our kid out and discipline them. Like, we all have to do that. And that just means you're having a bad day. That doesn't mean that's your season. Okay. And sometimes we all have bad days at church where it's just insane. And sometimes we just need to go, okay, insane day. Restart next Sunday. Do you yeah. know what I mean?
3: My other main question was yeah. um, my boy is into football and he wants to do football on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, how do you would you say no to football or to their sort of sporting
1: desires or whatever they want to do on a Sunday morning? or? I think every child is different, and every family is different. So one, what is the next step for my child spiritually, and how can I help them take it? And so that will give you your answer. I used to do theater, and we found this really uh, successful with lots of families on this football issue. We've said, body of Christ is important. Being part of a community that loves each other, that spurs each other on, that encourages each other, where you're serving, and um, where you're meeting with God is important. But... We also recognize that God has called you to something awesome on a Sunday morning. So we need to look at the church and decide where are we going to participate in all of those things. And you need to problem solve that before I will approve football on a Sunday morning. And so then it's the eight-year-old's job to be like, well, I can make sure I love people. I'm going to go to a life group. I'm going to join an adult life group because that will mean I can serve and love people. And you're like, all right. (laughs) Or um, I've I've known kids, I've known seven-year-old kids who go to the evening service because they are like, I'm going to go to an evening service. I've also known kids who will go to the traditional BCP anglican church that is complete liturgy because it runs at eight thirty in the morning and they love it because there are nine and there are 50 or maybe 20 over 70 year olds who are like oh hello i mean they come out with pockets of mints and they have to serve stuff but that's this is what church is And this is how we fit it in. So how are you going to be part of the community? And if I see you faltering from that, then maybe we need to rethink football on a Sunday morning. But it's up to you to show me how you could be part of the body of Christ well. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's great. Thanks. Yes.
0: Hi there. Um, we. Not myself, but we have quite a lot of foster kids and adopted kids Mm. and kids with special needs in our church for some reason. And Mm. it's just trying to, I suppose, be aware of them. I'm just wondering what advice you might have. It's not often able to have a conversation that's reflective, if you see what I mean, about where they're at.
1: The main thing that I do is, um, with fostered and adopted children, well, with all children, one of the main keys to remember is to not force them to do stuff, to give them choices, particularly spiritually. Because once you say, everyone's going to do this, then they instantly go, make me. <laughs> and, and we never want God to be a, a relationship that you force, but you do have options of how you do that. Uh, and so with fostered and adopted children, often it, what the model looks like is much more model frame equipped And the boundaries are much wider for foster. So you can say, we're going to church. We love going to church. And the reason we love going to church is because it just brings me peace and it makes me feel loved. And I love being a part of it. Um, But I never want you to feel forced. So feel free to just sit and observe. And what I would love is for you to watch. And you can tell me two interesting things that you saw that we can talk about on the way home. And so they don't have to engage with it. They don't have to do and perform. But they can't. You can't just say, just watch. And you can tell me anything that you find interesting or weird, and I'd love to hear about it because I've been in it for so long. I'm really interested in your in your opinion of it. And that gives them a freedom to be in the room, but to not feel manipulated. Particularly fosterers' opportunity. don't want to be manipulated. And you're like, you do not. This is completely your choice. We all have a choice with God. And um, and I'm comfortable for you to sit there and watch. But I want you to watch and see. And participate in that. Um, And that's the same with going to kids' groups. I want you to be where you feel safest. If you feel safest with me, great. If you feel safest in the kids' groups, feel free, wherever you feel most comfortable. Um, But I want you to watch no matter where you go. And whatever you feel is the next step for them spiritually, whether it's watching, whether it's serving. I found a lot of fostered and adopted kids love going into the serving straight away because they can't engage with that emotional stuff. But you can say, I really need your help, and you're excellent at making sure people know where they are. So would you mind helping bring these kids to the group? And they're like, yes, I can. And they become your massive servers. And to me, kids who, who meet God through serving are the kids who you need to be serving straight away. And so if, the, if they feel more powerful doing that, whack them on the PA desk, get them involved in coiling cables afterwards, give them something to do so they experience the body of Christ um, if the service isn't the next step for them. Does that make sense? Good. Any other questions, thoughts, comments, concerns? That won't work for me. Yes. Oh, sorry. Kate's in charge. I'm sorry. Kate's in charge. We should come back to her, too. Yes.
2: Do you
8: and your husband follow the same approach? How do you work that out between you? And does one or other of you take the usual lead?
1: Um, oh, a personal question. Um, I, think, I think every family is different. I think every family is different. In my personality, Mark um, sees different things in Caleb than I see in Caleb. And so for me, um, Mark is a passionate worshiper. And so models worship and also really is much more free in what he does. So Caleb... he lets Caleb go off on his own more, where I like Caleb more next to me. But what I'm tending to work on with Caleb right now is his art and what, what how he's connecting with God there. Where I think Mark tends to let him observe more. But as a child, both of those things were important to him. And so I think in some ways, that's the joy of having family, is, is what I see as different than what my husband sees. And if I tried to argue it to get all of us on the same, I mean... Parenting is hard enough, much less trying to get another human being to think like you and convince them that you're right. And so uh, what I tend to do is say, what are you feeling God is working on? And so then we take turns. So sometimes I'm just like, I've had the week of my life and I just need two songs to lay on the floor and cry. And Mark's like, I got it. And he'll take the kid. Um, Other times Mark's gone or I'm gone and we're on our own and we have to do it differently. But I think there's a freedom of being team without having to be the same that there's a power to. Does that answer your question? Yes, you have been so faithful.
4: Oh, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. Um, The one thing that we're working on thing, Mm. like I can look at my children and think 10,000 things. So how do you hear, kind of how do you get to that one thing?
1: Yeah, how do you get to that one thing? Excellent. Um, One, I just tend to ask God um, because I'm not smart enough to know it. He knows it, and it's usually something surprising. So um, what, it isn't, what it tends to not be is what your kids' gifts are. So if you're like, my child's an artist, I know they'll love art. You, it tends sometimes not to be the next step for your child spiritually. Um, and God will tell you that. The other thing is to watch what they um, hate about church. So, um, you know, like, it's so boring. Tends to be because they, they are powerful kids who actually want to do something and so if your kid thinks church is boring i tend to get them involved in serving because it's about you don't just come to be entertained because if you do it's boring but if you come and go i am needed in this place i am needed to be me i am needed to make this what it is then it tends to be that so i I tend to really listen to if you could change one thing about our church what would it be if i would let you do anything during the service either helping other people either um being at the back greeting people what what would you actually want to do in worship because your worshipy kids are like i just want to sit and like close to the band i knew a kid who was like i love the drums if i could do anything i would want to sit on the floor next to the drums i'm like great so we had a we had a seven-year-old who would just sit like boom 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 it was straight in front and he absolutely loved it because that's how he connected with god was in the drums so find out find out what that discontentment is and then and then empower that if they're like nobody knows me and i just hate it so boring after church there's no one to play with they're struggling with feeling loved so let's work on that so it's really listening to your kids about what they want to do and what they don't like about it and then taking that next step because that's where the pain is that's the point inside any other thoughts
5: comments questions concerns ponderings Yes Well my kids are quite big. Um, I hear stories uh, of, pa- of parents who has younger children. Uh, my two adults are, uh, eldest children are 21 and 15. yeah but they came to church quite um, late uh, late in comparison mm. to children here. So the 15 years old, um, he comes to church. He doesn't say no. Yeah. But at the church, he just sits somewhere far in the yeah. yard and then engages himself with mobile phone. Yeah. All the time. And I try to speak to him to take this off and leave it home. He wouldn't listen. He said, it's so boring what I can do yeah. there. And then all the service, he just goes on his phone. Yeah. And... Uh, I gave him with my eyes that it's not... <laughs> the eyebrows. Yes. And the eyebrows are not not as powerful yes, as they used the, to be. <laughs> he shows me unhappy face and a deep sigh. Yeah. And then yeah. it's like shows with his body language. Yeah. He doesn't like it and he hates yeah. it. And, but, I, but When I see again, he carried on.
1: I, it, my instinct there would be that you have a brilliant kid who nobody knows very well in the church. And so I would ask some other people in the church to be like, can you just get to know my kid? And get other people to be like, hey, how you doing after church? And have conversations. And then find out what he's brilliant at. And then have other teams go, you, can you come help me really fast? And get him plugged into the the people. Because often we try to get them engaged in the service first. But when they're engaged in the community then they're willing to be engaged in the service because people who they know and love and who they are loved by are talking. And so I would not worry about his engagement with the service. I mean, keep up your eyebrows. Don't, don't back off on the eyebrows. But, but, but al- allow the body of Christ to make him feel so loved and needed and, and part of the whole that when the guy he went out to coffee with um, is talking from the front, he's going to want to hear what he says. Uh, and so get him involved in the body of Christ next. If you're hitting a massive fight, pivot. It's not worth the fight. If this, is the, if this is the resistance, then we're like, all right, we'll go around a different way. And that's, that's what parenting is. is. Otherwise, you're in a battle. And your relationship with God shouldn't be a battle. My job is to facilitate you to experience the amazingness of the body of
2: Christ. Yes. Hello. Um, I was just wondering how you do this on with multiple children. So yep. I think that was me. I think that was me. So you could have, like, little Johnny who doesn't want to even come in the building. You've got another one, you're like, actually, they're really meeting with God. And another one who you're just thinking, oh, I need to do this with. And obviously it's a church family, but when you're, as a parent, you're seeing where they're at. Would you yep. do that modelling thing together? Would you sit down and say... Um, you know, like framing it to get with them together? Or would you mm-hmm. say actually, individually, you need to do that and I need to do this? I don't know. I've got four children and I'm just trying to work out on a Sunday where I'm aware of different needs. Yep. I'm feeling like, oh, I yep. don't know how to help each of you do, I do it together or yep. separate.
1: Yeah, a lot of it, I find when I'm working with p- parents of multiple children, the pre church, post church is a really powerful part. Because otherwise, everyone gets in and then you're trying to respond to everyone's needs at once. And it's just impossible. Or if you said, what are you thinking about and doing? What are you thinking about doing? What do you think about doing? Everyone comes in with a plan and then you're just needing to respond to the one who's struggling. But it's that afterwards. Oh, I saw that you were doing some art today. How was that? How was your connection with God? So you don't have to be there in it all the time. Um, or you can go, it looks like all of us were really struggling today. Why do you think that was? And I think we want to fix it always in the moment. And sometimes there are these precious moments that pop up. I've seen kids come in, struggle for 20 minutes, like out of their minds, kicking their brother in the face. And then they'll turn around and be like, whoa. And they'll meet with God for maybe 35 seconds. But, but... But for that moment, them and God were, they just leapt up and their hearts went blah. And it's like holy, holy, holy. And then the kid goes, whoa. And then, you know, punches someone. But for that, for that 30 seconds, they were engaged. And that's what we're looking for. And then we walk away going, it looked like you struggled, but I saw you and God do something. Tell me about that. And we can have those, those reinforcements of those things. So, prep ahead of time and then have a discussion because we as a family want to do that together and maybe we need help and who can we ask i've also known that sometimes we struggle to ask other people to help our kids but like i i worked with a kid once who was a real artist but i am not an artist and their parent really struggled had five kids and so the parent was like who in the church really has the same heart as you and they were like that person and they were like why don't you go ask them if they'll worship alongside you no person on earth is going to turn down a nine-year-old going i love drawing pictures with god would you please draw pictures with god next to me on a sunday morning Um, and the person goes yeah yes and then anytime that child wants to they can stay with me or you can feel free to go find your other worship buddies um who like to worship the same way you do um But it it won't look perfect, and you're looking for those moments. And the other thing is God is discipling your kids too. So like John and Kate shared that story about Josie, no one was around her when that happened, but they had framed it ahead of time, and it worked. And so give them, you've got it. We believe in you. Any other questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, ponderings? Yes. We'll take two more, and then um, we have loads of people we can talk afterwards. It's not a question, actually. It's a yes. comment. Great. Right?
8: So, um, last night we decided to take our two little ones to the meeting. We're just going to do kind of one meeting where they come in the evening, and um, so they were both there with us. And Joel, he was right at the beginning of the meeting. He just—he's six years old—and um, he went, "I'm tired." And we thought, "Okay, fine. Lie down on the ground, make yourself comfortable," um, which is fair enough. Um, But, you know, he's quite happy on another night, for example, if he wants to go out and watch football. He he has the occasional night, sort of during the summer holidays anyway, where he goes and watches football. So you think, you know, is it just selective tiredness? But interestingly, like, by, by by the time that Tope started preaching, Joel was still lying on the floor. But he suddenly became really engaged and he was there and he was laughing away to himself and kind of... He had his head lifted up and he was looking around at what... at what He was definitely engaging with the preaching. And I thought sometimes all it takes is just one thing or one person or kind of God to break in to his situation at that point in time. Whereas a lot of the time you just think they're so disconnected, but all it's taking is kind of one thing that maybe is engaging them. And even yeah. if he's not engaged the rest of the time, how yeah. exciting that he was for those yes. that half an hour or whatever yes. it was yeah. exactly
1: we've got to not be afraid of disconnection for large portions of time because we're giving them the opportunities to connect in the great things i was the same thing i i was a my mom was a sort of single parent my dad was a cop so we, he often wasn't around and i got dragged to evening services which i was like bored out of my mind and i didn't even listen to the guy preaching and i was eight and until the very end and he was boring i remember him being boring and i was reading a book um, and my mom wasn't afraid of that, you know, she wanted to come to church and I was bored of that. And then he said, does anyone want to be baptized in the Holy spirit? And I felt, I felt God grab my heart and pull me to my, to my, to my feet. And I was like, I want this. I don't even know what it was. I didn't listen to a sermon, but I want God. And I came forward. and I was the only one who came forward to receive the baptism of the Holy spirit. But, but I was bored for the whole time. And I think you're absolutely right. There's that, there's that freedom of, of creating space for engagement that we don't have to control. Our job isn't to, f- to control our kids into connection, it's to create space for them. Thank you for saying that. Appreciate that. Um, yes, and the last one.
0: Hi. At our church, we've got lots and lots of kids. Um, I particularly got two boys. They're eight and ten now. Um, we find that, and there's a lot of boys, isn't there? I mean, uh, my friends here, they've, you know, they've got a few boys too. They've grown up together. They've been born together in church, kind of thing. They've grown up together. And it's like this such this overwhelming excitement whenever they come to church on a Sunday, this mob mentality. And they want to all charge in together. And it's often a big job to stop them kind of like all, all piling in together on this big one big row or whatever. What would would you kind of like try and insist on them being kind of like just with you? I mean sometimes we do try and fight it and try and stop them. I mean, sometimes they seem to engage, I suppose, with each other not too rowdy, don't they? But, I mean, how, how, how hard would you actually try and get them to stick with the family unit? Would you allow them to have that kind of like the friendship time? Because some of them, they don't see each other apart from church Yep. kind of thing. So this yep. is that overwhelming excitement. What, talk about, I suppose we talk about choosing our fights, don't we? Would you choose that as a, as a Depends fight? Depends on
1: what's next for your child spiritually. I think what's interesting, though, is that they belong. They're themselves. They're accepted as they are. A large portion of the things that you want in church come in that friendship group yeah so so that doesn't mean that that friendship group is bad it just may mean that this isn't the time where we turn our faces towards each other this is the time where we turn our faces towards god so whether we say i love that you guys love each other so we're going to all come early to church for 10 minutes so you guys can go oh my gosh how's your week and then we're going to worship and i'm really happy for you guys to sit together but this is a time for you to connect with god and if you're struggling as a group to connect with god then we can sit with you and If you guys are feeling like you can connect in your own ways, then we'll stay out of it. It's up to you. Um, But this is the time to turn your faces towards God, not each other. So we're going to be watching your faces.
0: So there's there's room in that for us to have to get to church a bit earlier.
1: Well, I'm just (laughs) saying... I'm just saying, because in some in some I, ways, I like the idea. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> if they, because we want that, we want them to see that peer group, because that's what we do. We're like, oh, we have to remember to talk to what's her name, and oh, somebody's surgery was that week, and that's their version of it. Absolutely. It's just if we don't give them time to do that pastoral heart connection. They're trying to do it while we're get, trying to get them to worship. Sure. And so, if that's if that's what they're flourishing in, let's do it. But let's give them. Boundaries. So maybe give them
0: those options to try and. See if they can worship together, as it were, yeah. as long as, say, okay, if you're sorting it out, if, it, if you're seeing God, if you're meeting God, yeah. like that together, great. Great. Um, if not, maybe you have to pull things back a bit.
1: Yeah, and, yeah. Then, then, then I can help you with that. If you need my help, I'm always willing to step in and help you focus on God, not each other for yeah. that time.
0: And maybe bribe them along the way. And, yeah. or bribe
1: them yeah, along the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or put them on teams. That's the other thing. Right, four of you, I love how you're together. Can you guys take on the setup of the church? And they can put them all on the rota once a month and they can show up and be powerful with each other. Sure. And all sorts of things.
0: Okay, thanks.
5: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. What we're going to do now is we have all of the prophetic words that we have prayed for your children. If you haven't know know what this is, on the first day we asked people to write down the names of their children and we uh, just got prophetic words for those children. And we're going to have those in Kate's hand displayed beautifully over there. So please feel free to go get it. Um, And Kate's just going to give us a way to sort of land in a way that makes us all feel loved. Um, You can do this brilliantly well. Nobody else can do the job that God has called you to. And you have a lifetime of joy of watching your kids connect with God because God has anointed you to do it and do it and enjoy it. And don't be afraid of failing because it's in those moments that have the best fun happens.
6: So I mean, uh, I don't know whether you're surprised by what she's brought, but Rachel's just so freeing, isn't she? It's just so wonderful to hear your teaching. You really bless us, and thank you. And, um, yeah, um, I'm just excited about the future. <laughs> excited about what's going to come. Um, just as someone was just leaving, um, she had to go, unfortunately, but she just had this word, um, um, Sandra. She just wants to say that um, that, we sh- that she felt like God was saying that we should increase uh, ba- our boundaries for our children, as God does with the does with us as adults. And I think that's what Rachel's message is, isn't it? That it is free. (laughs) That you're free to make your choices and give your children choices. Um, So we just um, wanted to share the prophetic words that we've got. We're not gurus, so these might not be right. (laughs) So please do take the time to weigh them with your... Um, friends and people in the church but, but go go and get it and if you haven't if this is your first time at our seminar and you want prayer for your family if you want someone to prophesy there is a team of us here that we're really happy to go and do that with you now so please come up please ask for that um and uh, or if you want to talk through anything that's written on your sheet please do take the time to do that now uh, we've got five minutes before the children's work ends so we've got time to do that so let's take it Oh, and the books. Yes, I was going to say the books. There's so much in your head. I imagine there's so many things spinning. Rachel's written three books. So it's Parenting for a Life of Faith, which is what our first two sessions were about. Um grounding in, in faith talking about prayer how to pray with your children there's parenting for a life of purpose which is a lot of what we're talking about here giving them a purpose in the church and in their lives and then there's parenting for a life of confidence which is talking about them being on a journey um that god's not finished with us yet, and he's not finished with our kids yet and, and increasing their confidence so they are fantastic books uh we love them and I know you love them but um that'll just help you process i think some of the things that we've been shared they're over there <laughs> Yes, yes.
3: Uh, very, very quickly. Sorry, uh, God's just given me a couple of names that He's been on my heart um, this morning. Um, so, if you're here, if there's a Dan and a Liz that's come together, I'd love to uh, chat with you. Um, and if the name uh, Bobby means anything to you, so Dan and Liz
5: um, separately, a Bobby, I would love to have a chance to chat with you.